Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. Uh, I'm your host and sports editor, Richard Pereira. Uh, joining me today is photo editor, Esten Parker, and staff writer, Kevin Garcia. Good morning, guys. How has it been going? Pretty good. Looking forward to uh, the semester being done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, we're we're getting closer to the end of this semester, and uh, and of course that includes uh, the football season. Only a couple of weeks left, unless we get a bowl game, uh, which we might as well do. But we have some uh, issues to uh, to take care of. As uh, for the football team on Saturday, November sixth, they took on the Marshall Thundering Herd. And after taking a 13-7 lead against the Herd, Marshall scored 21 unanswered points as they took home, as they took down FEU 28-13 in, a, uh, in an unfortunate home performance for the Owls. Guys, um, what are your thoughts on how FEU played against Marshall? Uh, I thought the defense was really like <clears throat> our biggest problem. We just couldn't stop them from scoring. And I, I guess, I mean, our offense was was good. You know, our rushing offense especially was pretty good. Johnny Ford had like 140 yards. I mean, Kosey Perry was pretty efficient, 200 yards, a touchdown. Just we weren't able to execute when it really mattered. That those possessions that made closer into the red zone, we just couldn't finish. Um, and the defense, the defense was doing good at, at first. But then eventually, like, you got to stay on the field and the offense, give the defense a break, and we just couldn't really execute uh, throughout all four quarters in that aspect. Yeah, and especially on defense. I mean, we got thrown all over us all game. Um, Marshall racked up 351 passing yards and had a – got only one touchdown out of it, but still, I mean – you would hope that with the secondary we have, we could have done a little bit better. Um, but at least offensively, our rushing attack continues to be doing very well. I mean, excuse me, getting 5.2 yards to carry on 243 total yards. Like, that's pretty solid. Um, you know, that that is encouraging. But it, it's definitely disappointing, you know, to lose our first home game since – was it Marshall in 2019? It, it, last time we lost? It was Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like getting beat by the same team who beat us at home, it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And it, with, that, with the loss, it, there goes uh, FU's home winning streak of 13. So it, it's just uh, very unfortunate. And watching the game, it like, like we started off very well offensively. Like we literally had a thirteen-seven lead, uh, like going into the first quarter. But after that, it, especially when Johnny Ford had to exit the game because he wasn't feeling very well, and of course he eventually came back to play. But at once he, the first time he checked out is where Effie lost its momentum, and then Marshall really got going, especially in the passing game where they just. Ooh, Rasheen Ali from, from Marshall, he like he dude's an offensive monster. He's literally in the top 20 of the country with his with his stats. And 
it's just it's just it was just incredible like like FU couldn't find a way to stop him like he just went off and it was very tough like he had Rashin Ali had like 90 net yards for two touchdowns on 18 carries like that's him in the rushing game and then you look at him in the receiving end he had six catches for 70 yards so it shows how versatile uh, uh, it shows the type of versatile players Marshall has on their team and it really hurt FAU and it's not like uh, once Marshall had that lead that FAU didn't have a chance to come back because they did and Nikosi Perry had plenty of good deep passes that could have resulted in touchdowns that could have made the game closer and could have sparked an amazing run from the Owls. Unfortunately, those deep passes were dropped and that pretty much killed the momentum the Owls could have had in the second half because they were held scoreless and it was just a very tough defeat to swallow for them. And, uh, but I know I'm pretty sure they can bounce back as on November 13 on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. They will take on Old Dominion and that will be broadcast on ESPN Plus. So hopefully we can get a win on another win on the road. Second overall win on the road outside of Florida. And let's, let's just hope for the best and see if we can win out the rest of the season so we can qualify so we can still have our chance of qualifying for the title game intact. And moving on from FU football, we have FU soccer. And starting off with the women's this time, their tournament ended on Wednesday to with a 2-1 loss in the quarterfinals against Southern Miss, the same team who beat FEU in the spring of 2021. Uh, Eston, what are your thoughts on FEU losing that game and how should they carry out uh, moving forward? You know, um, I think they played Southern Miss really well. Um, they created a lot of chances, and they were re- it was a really active game. Um, the only problem is that it was almost – I hate to use this comparison, but it was almost like a FIFA game where you put up way more shots than your opponent, but you don't get any goals out of it. And then your opponent will put up – you know, three or four shots and one of them just happens to go in and Southern Miss came out early and got a really quick lead in the game, which I think took a lot of, you know, when you're playing from behind all game, that's, it's tough, especially with a really talented team like Southern Miss is. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I'd say credit to this women's team for, you know, pulling through and having altogether, I'd say a, a solid season. You know, it, there was a period of time where it, we weren't, you know, we're going to put the red flags up, but there were some, it, it looked a little tough, you know, for a few points. So um, I'd say altogether, it, while it's a disappointing end to the season, you know, literally losing the exact same way as you did last season. Um, I'd still say altogether, you, you still have pieces to build on with this team. So, yeah, definitely. Like they didn't have a terrible season. It, it was just a season of, like, it was mostly up and down. Then they started getting momentum with a winning streak. 
than like making their best efforts to go as far as they can in the quarterfinals, but just couldn't get it done, especially against a solid Southern Miss squad. But yeah, they do have pieces that they can build on for next next year. And we could def- we could definitely see a much better women's squad uh, from here on out. And next up is men's soccer. And as they went out to play um, Kentucky, who was ranked number 12 in the nation on Friday, November 5th. Uh, and even though they lost 3-0, thanks to Old Dominion doing FU a favor by beating the South Carolina Gamecocks 3-2, uh, FU qualified for the tournament as a sixth seed, and they will take on uh, the University University of Charlotte, who is the third seed, on Wednesday, November 10 at 7 p.m. and it will be broadcast on ESPN Plus. Eston, uh, what are your thoughts on FEU's chances uh, going into this game against Charlotte, and especially with Charlotte being the host of this tournament? I'm not going to count FEU out, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's going to be really tough though. I will say, I mean, the last time they faced Charlotte, it was at home. They just got completely outplayed in the last five to one. Um, And, you know, FAU, we haven't, we haven't scored in the last two games. Um, Another thing when you're, you know, when I'm, as I'm looking through the schedule, the three ring teams we played Marshall, FIU and Kentucky, we haven't scored a single goal against the ring team. Um, and I think, I think they should see what happened with the women's team and essentially see, you know, if you, you know, try to get an early lead or don't fall early. Um, because obviously, like you said, Rich, um, you know, Charlotte's hosting it. This is, this is basically a home game. This is a home game for them. Um, so I think, they they need to play to the best of their ability and and nothing less of that in order to make a big run in this tournament. So, yeah, and FAU didn't play particularly bad on the road. They like they have a win, they have a record of three wins, two losses, and two draws. So, which is not too bad, and actually much better than how they played in the in the spring season. So. Uh, hopefully we can have play have a much better performance against Charlotte, especially after he lost five one to them at home. And uh, but yeah, Charlotte is going to be a difficult game. But FU does have uh, uh, underdog energy, and <laughs> but man, it, it would be great to see the team get to the semifinals. But it's going to take a lot. It it really does. Mm-hmm. And for our last topic of FU sports is FU basketball. As on Wednesday, November 10, both men's and both the men's and women's teams will be playing the women's at home and the men's on the road. The, the men's will play New Mexico on Wednesday, November 10, and the women's will take on uh, Palm Beach Atlantic. Uh, Eston and Kevin. Um, both teams were coming off of seasons where they both made the quarterfinals in their respective conference tournaments. And the men's soccer continued its consistency with overall winning seasons. Like they're, they have consecutive, so they have like three, four straight winning seasons as an overall. overall. And the women's team, like 
pretty much had one of its best seasons, especially coming uh, being led by Iggy Allen throughout last season. And she took them all the way to the quarterfinals before they unfortunately ended there. This season, the women's team doesn't have Iggy Allen as she went to Old Dominion. But with, their, with them having a new head coach in Jennifer Sullivan, uh, who is uh, approaching her first season as a head coach, what are your thoughts on their potential going into this season? Well, oh, okay. for, sorry, Kev, for, uh, for the women's team, I guess the biggest question is where, who's going to be the biggest playmaker? Um, because like you said, Richard, it, we talked about this a lot last season, Iggy Allen. Um, it, it seemed like every game, she was going to do something that would just wow us. And that was a lot of, a lot of fun to watch, but it was a very one dimensional team very often because of it. Um, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how coach coach Sullivan is able to, you know, utilize the offense and really, like I said, just get more creativity out of players that, you know, we didn't maybe see as much of last season. So, yeah, I mean, if if uh, the exhibition game that the women played uh, was that what, two or three days ago, if that's any you know, sign of indication of what the season is going to be like, I mean, I know it's just an exhibition game, but we did get to the free throw line nineteen times. I mean, that's a big getting to the free throw line, um, and then yeah, like like you said, Essen is a pretty good point. We want to we want to see who the playmaker is. I, I don't really know where that's going to come from, but. If one of the ladies can step up and we can see somebody di- distributing, really creating a more pass-friendly offense, um, things could look up for us. And, yeah, I mean, we also – that exhibition game, we scored 36 points in the fourth quarter. Now, I know that's probably not repeatable, but, that I mean, that's a pretty good sign for what's to come. And, yeah, uh, the women's team, uh, if they don't have a number one option as their, as their best scorer – they should uh, prioritize prioritize having a a well balanced uh, scoring attack, well balanced attack on the offensive end and providing solid defense on the other end. And for the men's team, they look pretty interesting. Like they did lose a few key players in Jalen Ingram and Carlos Simmons, who was one of their best players in the front court. But they did retool, and they do have an interesting rookie in. Uh, Trey Carroll, as a freshman, he is uh, he was like a he- heavily touted recruit in high school, and with FU having him on their squad, on their squad, they they could have something. Uh, they could have something there, and they did retool their roster. Like they now have plenty of scores that they can rely on. That doesn't need. Uh, it's pretty much next man up potential from the men's team, and it will be like. It's for both men's and women's. I think their interest, their seasons will be very interesting. And uh, Esten, do you think uh, the men's and women's team would be? It's going to be very wild card like of them to really do well this season. Yeah, um, I think my expectation for both teams, and I think this is still realistic, is making the tournament um, and whether or not, you know, I, I think it's too early to say how far they can go, 
Um, but I think at least making an appearance should be the the expectation. Um, so, and again, like you said, with uh, for the men's team, it's the next man up. You know, they they've, they're already dealing with one injury. I know. Um, I think it was Nicholas Boyd. Nick Boyd. He didn't play. Um, because I noticed during media day he didn't practice. He was hurt. Um. So, and I'm not sure if he played against Lynn, but, you know, this is a, like you said, if someone gets hurt, someone's got to step up and continue the momentum they have. So, yeah, definitely. And um, with that, that will end our time with FU Sports. And we'll move on to the national level with NFL football as week nine passed. Well, yeah, week nine finished and each of our respective teams won. Uh, the Patriots beat the Panthers 24-6. Uh, Estens Dolphins beat the, the, the Texans 17-9. And Kevin's uh, New York Giants beating the Raiders 23-16. <laughs> so, guys, uh, what are your thoughts on a week nine of football? I'm just I was shocked to say the least that we went we we beat the Raiders even though it was a home game I'm still shocked that we still beat them um we wanted to give that game away there was plenty of opportunities Daniel Jones fumbling or throwing an interception but nevertheless the defense came through we're able to get big stops so that was a a good sign I don't know what the I don't know what could happen in the NFC the playoffs are so wide open, so there's always potential that the Giants can go on a run and could sneak their way into maybe the seventh seed or something, but get a, get a wild card spot. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not really getting my hopes up, though, you know, because the Raiders, they're also in a free fall. I think this game says more about the Raiders than it does about the New York Giants. They're just in a free fall. Henry Ruggs, that whole situation with him is very unfortunate. Uh, you know, Coach Gruden, uh, they just had to dismiss one of their cornerbacks because he threatened somebody on social media or something like that. So there's just so much turmoil in the Las Vegas Raiders organization right now. So I, I think this game is more of a sacrament of that than it is of the Giants starting to, to turn things around. And Kevin, going off, you said the, the Raiders no longer have that. I think that cornerback that you mentioned was their other first round pick in 2020. Mm-hmm. They don't have a. I mean, they no longer have a first-round pick from 2020. All those draft picks that they've accumulated over the years with the, well, what was the Gruden and um, forgetting the GM's name, uh, Mike Mayock, I think. Yeah, uh, sounds about right. Yeah, used to be with NFL Network. Um, you know, kind of seeing uh, the, the cracks have been getting deep, bigger and bigger, wider and wider, I should say, um, this season. But uh, – and it, yeah, huge win for your Giants. Um, you know, uh, another news: my Dolphins won the battle of the worst teams in the league. Um, battle for the number one it, pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, um, and <laughs> at, at this point, um, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, not sure. Still not sure why Tua didn't play. Uh, I know he was dealing with a minor injury, but he looked fine in warmups and apparently in practice this week, he looked fine. Um, I don't know. It's a little awkward also facing the Texans after all the Deshaun Watson news in the last few weeks. Um, but, you know, uh, what a weekend of upsets, though. I mean, 
How about the Jags beating the Bills? Um, <laughs> the, what? Six. But if you put it in reverse. True. <laughs> um, oh, man. And, and, you know, even, um, you know, when you think about it, even, even the Broncos getting a huge oh, yeah. win over the Cowboys. Whoa. Yeah. So it, it was definitely a fun weekend. Um, really topsy-turvy. Yeah, th- this this week cost a lot of people money with all the upsets. Like, <laughs> a, a lot of people had money on the Cowboys and, and the Bills. And, yeah, they've screwed up a lot of parlays. <laughs> yeah, that must be tough. And our each of our respective teams won, so we're all good for this week. And uh, And for our last topic of the day is NBA basketball. As week three finished, and there was a few moments of uh, why why did this have to happen? And uh, I'll go with the first one, uh, the most recent one that happened uh, last night on Monday, and it was uh, Nikola Jokic uh, shoving Marquise Morris to the to the to the floor after Morris uh, committed a foul against him. Esten, I, I want to know your thoughts on that on that play. Mm-hmm. Um. Well. First off, um, tops off to Markeith Morris getting – he's a professional flopper. You love to see it. Um, <laughs> you know, granted, I'm sure Jokic, he – I'm sure he, that man is very strong. So, I'm sure it wasn't a complete flop. Um, but love the response from the team. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> t- talking, talking the trash <laughs> as usual. Um, you love yep. to see it. Um, you know, unfortunately, we lost, but happens, you know, um, we'll say still looking good. Seven and three feel really good. And, and, you know, being in Denver, it's tough. You know, you're facing the MVP, um, despite I feel like a lot of people may have forgotten that Jokic was the MVP last season. Um, so, yeah, um, I saw it and it gave me uh, TJ Warren vibes, you know, when uh, Jimmy Butler and, and uh, Warren were going at it back then. But, um, yeah, I still feel pretty good about this team. I, I feel really good about this team, actually. Kevin? Oh, <clears throat> I was just going to say on the, the he and, and Nuggets. Um, yeah, that was uh, – anytime somebody gets into it with Jokic – I fear for their life, because you know, have you guys seen Jokic's brothers? They they're very scary individuals. <laughs> like the 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 Jokic mafia. This is the thing. It, I I don't know, man. My Mark. Hopefully, um, Markeith Morris made it out of Denver okay. Because I like I just fear for their life. But uh, for me, the the Knicks. We played twice. Um, the biggest highlight would probably be Sunday. Uh, Ricky Rubio scoring 37 points in the garden, making eight threes. The Cleveland Cavaliers with the, uh, I guess you could call it an upset win, but they're better than a lot of people projected. It's an upset win. I, I was, I was just, oh man, I didn't want to talk to anybody after that game. I was, I needed a few minutes to cool off after that. I couldn't believe it. Ricky Rubio had, he went from averaging like seven points a game. All of a sudden he, he can't miss a three. He's looking like uh, he's looking like Kobe or Clay Thompson or somebody out there. I, I unbelievable. O- only in the Garden, 
But at least we beat the Sixers, barely beat the Sixers without Embiid and Tybal and Simmons and pretty much their whole team had COVID. So we, we somehow escaped with a win there, though. Is that, I'm, I'm not happy right now as a Knicks fan, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> and yeah, as a Celtics fan, I'm having a tough time, too. Like, we're under 500. We lost to the Mavericks on a, on a game winner from Luka Doncic from the Mavs. And Saw that. it's tough. But it, it's, it is very interesting to see how the standings have played out in, like, the first 10 games this season. Like, uh, I do want to talk about the West first. And Golden State, with a record of 9-1, and one, and they just had Curry drop 50 points against the Atlanta Hawks. It's incredible. And it just shows that the Warriors are here to stay. Like, they've never left. They really, they really never left. They just had a few years of... They, they had a few they needed a few years to recover especially after four straight NBA finals appearances and man they're they're back and once they get clay oof they're they're gonna be too da- they're gonna be very dangerous and they're gonna be very hard to beat they have to be the team to beat in the Western Conference at when they're fully healthy and and going back to the east, Yes, the Knicks did beat the Sixers, even though they had a couple of players out, especially Embiid. And I do want to talk about the Chicago Bulls as they blew out the Brooklyn Nets by 23 points. And Shocking. I, yeah, and it, it's, it goes to show that Chicago, they are a serious team. Like, sure, they had uh, in the first week, they played some pretty easy games against Detroit and New Orleans, but they are for real. And beating the Nets... With Kevin, who had Kevin Durant and James Harden in this game, it, that is pretty significant. And Chicago should be a team to have to have, that people have to take seriously from here on out. Absolutely, they're, they're a team to watch for sure. To to go to be like that, that surprise team that makes a deep playoff run. And for the six man of the year conversation, there's Tyler Hero, and then there's of course Carmelo Anthony who. But pretty much led the, the Lakers off the bench with 29 points in an overtime victory against the, the LaMelo ball led Charlotte Hornets, 126 to 123. And it's just wow. Like, what a great stat line for Melo. He, he, he is going for that six man of the year campaign. Yeah, I was watching that, that game and I was just getting like 2012, 2013 Knicks vibes from him. He was just, he, it was like a throwback game. And this season's been a throwback for him. He's doing it more on the three than he is doing it more at ISO mid-range. But what this says more to me is that Melo has looked at the game and how it's changed and how it kind of was starting to leave him behind. And he started to pick up with the times and get it, you know, get get to the, the present time. And he's shooting more threes. He looks more comfortable doing that. It's just it's really fun to watch. It's great. Like, it's just great to see Melo doing well as a fan of his. Yeah, definitely. Espen, your thoughts on Melo just really keeping it up for his performances um it's it's great to see him you know making a mini resurgence and and continuing to find a role um and and making the most of that role you know he kevin like you said he i think he realizes that he's no longer like a number one or you know he's not the guy but if he can make the most of his role he still has a spot in the league um and and i think that's He's one of those players where the league is better when he's there. So, yeah, 
it's it's great it's great to see him still contributing absolutely yeah definitely and i hope he continues he stays in the running for six man of the year as it is a very good contest between him and tyler hero right now hey what, what about derrick rose he doesn't get a mention right now he's not performing as well as tower hero and Mel had uh, to start the season but he'll be in the conversation he'll stay there but right now it's uh tower hero and Camarillo anthony <laughs> hero's going off what's the average like 25 points a game something like that he's he's having a good season so i think it's over 20 a game it has to be yeah 20 i think it's like 25 24 somewhere in that in that range let me see Yeah, it's going. The Tower Hero has been going off, and it's just crazy. But it definitely helps Miami in the long run. Yeah, he's averaging 20, 21 points a game. It's pretty solid. Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> but, yeah, he was. Yeah, I knew he was definitely averaging over 20 a game. But that just goes to show you that he's, he's determined to make an impact this season. And right now Miami's benefiting from that. He got tired of hearing all the noise. Like people were saying, oh, he was just a product of the bubble. He couldn't do it in front of in front of crowds. And, and he's yeah, he's putting that narrative to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And with that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications. Also be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's at Rich26Barrera. For Eston, it's at Eston Parker. And for Kevin, at KevinGar658. Thanks for watching and have a great day.